Hello and welcome. You are joining me on the Final Draft Podcast. My name's Andrew Popel, and today I am welcoming onto the show Yasmin Smith. Now, the Final Draft Podcast is all about books, writing, and literary culture. Every week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney, and here at Final Draft we are dedicated to exploring Australian writing, from debut authors to the classics that you know and love. And in each of these conversations, we look at the issues that drive the author's storytelling to help you discover more from the books you love. These are the stories that make us who we are, and that's especially so today. I'd like to begin uh, acknowledging the two SER broadcast from the lands of the Gadigal people that I record on the lands of the Darug and Gunungurra people. I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of those lands and pay my respects to their ongoing connection to their lands, acknowledging that these are unceded lands that treaty has never been made with Australia's First Nations. And that acknowledgement, I I feel, is particularly poignant today as Yasmin Smith joins me to discuss the First Nations classic series. This is a new collection, or rather, it is a collection of books from University of Queensland Press. These are from incredible First Nations artists and writers from across this land that we call Australia that does have many more Uh, names. Yasmin is going to join me as the series editor from the First Nations Classic to to Classics to talk a little bit about the process of bringing these classics back to the page, about the importance of these classics, and particularly reading First Nations authors. I am thrilled by this collection, so I cannot wait to get into it. Join me as we discover the First Nations Classics with series editor Yasmin Smith. It is my great pleasure to be welcoming to the show Yasmin Smith. Yasmin is an editor, writer and poet of South Sea Islander, Kabi Kabi, Northern Cheyenne and English heritage. Yasmin is an editor at University of Queensland Press. And most importantly, the reason Yasmin is joining me on the show today, she is the series editor of University of Queensland Press's First Nations classic series. This is a new series. This is an amazing series and I'm so excited to have her here. Yasmin, welcome. It's so great to have you here. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. I was just so terribly excited when I heard about the First Nations Classic series. It's out in the world. It's in bookshops now for people to discover. It felt like a series like this was a long time coming. What, though, was the journey to collecting these titles together, bringing these series into being? You can see I'm really excited for this series. I'm really excited as the First Nations series editor for it as well. I guess the First Nations classics, the idea for it was kind of really, it really kind of came about from this this idea of wanting to revive and relaunch some of our, you know, incredible First Nations writing. You know, there's this been this kind of resurgence and um, almost like a deepened hunger for First Nations stories. And so UQP in particular have kind of this incredible really backlist of, of First Nations writing. Yeah, I guess we launched this series as as a way of kind of really dipping back into our archives and, yeah, and pulling out books that are really timeless and culturally significant for us as First Nations people and that kind of deserve a really te- contemporary readership. So the classics were designed to kind of celebrate that whole legacy of you know, strong, staunch, kind of groundbreaking writing from First Nations authors. Yeah, we wanted the series to, you know, range across genres, 
we wanted a selection of different authors that represented different mob across the continent and different language groups and, and also generations as well. I guess there's that whole sense of, you know, having a few more contemporary, newer voices that were, are included in the series, but then also um, really honouring some of our prominent legacy writers as well that have brought multitudes of, of a richness to our, our work and, yeah, and bring attention back to these books as well, kind of as individual books but then also as a series i can't wait to get to the titles but before we we go there i want to i was hoping we can interrogate this idea of classics i mean like when you tune into the radio and you hear someone saying classic hits mentioned it's usually going to be something not too fresh but definitely most people are going to know it classic can also be an indicator of quality but i also remember when i was studying classic literature it was too often synonymous with pale stale and male what makes the first nations classic series classic um yeah i love that pale stale and male (laughs) um but i guess yeah it's a really good question um and it is it is something that we really took into consideration when we put this series together um really kind of wanting to i guess um take back ownership over what classics mean um, for First Nations people on this continent. Um, I guess there's, you know, there's canons that exist already that, you know, include books that um, are of, you know, are of a particular time and and written by a particular audience. Um, But I guess, yeah, we really wanted to take that ownership back of, of what, work is significant for First Nations people. Um, so I guess, you know, some of our classics that are on the list in itself, are they're not as old as maybe some of the other books that we, you know, see within these kind of classic canons. Um, but yeah, I guess we wanted to really highlight books that were culturally significant for First Nations communities. And um, what we, you know, we wanted the series to kind of be this reflection on, on what, you know, First Nations people consider as groundbreaking work. Um, in, in our own in our own words and in our own opinions. So, so yeah, I think that that kind of answers what what we consider a classic to be, or how we pulled cl- the classic collection together. Yeah, and I mean, you were talking there about canons, and um, I definitely remember at uni, you know, talking about the canon of literature, and and so often it was just this assumption, but more you dig deeper and it actually speaks a lot to who has control of power who has control of the institutions of power publishing who has controls of the means of production to actually distribute um and it was really i I really like the way you referred to a canon there because it feels like something we didn't have access to like i don't remember at high school you know, having someone, you know, say to me, all right, you go read this book by a First Nations author because this is incredibly important to understanding who you are in the world and the country you live in. But I got a lot that had to do with a country on the other side of the world. Oh, I guess that's a common story, you know, like yeah. that thread of not being, having access to, to books that kind of speak across cultures that speak across lived experiences of your own of your own people and 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 your own voices and um yeah I guess you know within my own kind of reading I wasn't able to you know access books like this when I was when I was growing up when I kind of you know was had all the time in the world to read um but yeah like there are 
um, books on this list that are really culturally significant for myself as well as a reader. And, and I think that's a really special thing for First Nations people to kind of to engage with, you know, books that really spoke to them when maybe they were much younger and, and having, having them kind of be brought back to life and put back into the spotlight um, is a really nice way of, of celebrating you know, our rich history and, and being able to sell the, celebrate the diversity of our voice, of our voices as well and, and our stories. And, um, yeah, so I guess these books are a celebration for first nations people, um, and also for, for readers that haven't had the opportunity to engage with our work, um, in a, in a way that they, um, that they've wanted to in the past, maybe. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of momentum behind First Nations authors and poets at the moment. There's been prominent wins in the Miles Franklin and the Stella Prize, as well as other Australian you know, literary prizes. I wondered how you viewed the impact and also the place of First Nations storytelling in that wider literary landscape for, you know, people that see it as a landscape, for people that are, you know, going, in, going into bookstores and looking for these titles. Yeah, I mean, that's also a really good question. I mean, um, you know, I guess we've been touching a little bit about on what was accessible to, you know, to us maybe 10 or 20 years ago. Um, I think where we're at right now, there is a real resurgence and hunger um, for First Nations stories. Um, And I guess there's been a lot of, you know, um, of interest in reading books that are authentic and that come from, you know, from black writers who are um, sharing their their truth and their identity and their culture um, with readers. Um, so I think in the wider terms of what the literary landscape looks like now, um, there's a lot more access to, I guess there's a lot more access for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people um, to have their work you know, awarded in certain ways and also to have their work acknowledged. Um, so that's, you know, a huge a huge stepping stone for us that there's this real acknowledgement of wanting to engage and, um, yeah, I guess um, that's a really great thing. You know, there are more Indigenous books on our shelves in our libraries in the hands of our children and, you know, um, yeah, there's there seems to be a real kind of... Um, I guess a real yeah re-engagement with with First Nations literature in general. All right, Yasmin, this is this is kind of like I know the list, but there are people out there who are discovering this for the first time. This feels like the exciting moment. I've got the list here in front of me, but can I ask you please to introduce the titles in the First Nations Classics series? So the classics are actually made up of eight different so these are all previously published work and we've kind of re-released them as these new editions which make up a series that's collectible. Some of the titles that are included said we wanted a range of genres um, and authors. So we have, you know, books like Tony Birch's Blood, which is a, a first work of fiction. Um, we have Heat and Light by Ellen Van Nieven and Janine Lane's uh, Purple Threads, both with David Uniapon winners in their time. Um, you know, we also kind of wanted to spotlight books that aren't, weren't, that weren't as well known, um, 
such as, you know, Uncle Herb Wharton's Outback novel, Unbranded, which is kind of this really incredible book that's based on um, Uncle Herb's life as, you know, as a drover in his teenage years. Um, we had sh- a, sh- a short story collection by Archie Weller, which is called The Window Seat. Um, you know, Archie was uh, the, I think, the runner-up of the first ever Vogel Award. Um, so, yeah, he's kind of, uh, you know, one of these, like, literary gems that's been a bit hidden. Um, and then we also kind of have, you know, like First Nations legacy writers like um, Doris Nigigurumara Pilkington and Ruby Langford Guinnaby. So um, they're both um, biographies, uh, Don't Take Your Love to Town and Follow the Rabbit Proof Fence, which are, you know, bestsellers since they've been in release. And um, yeah, and then to kind of like, I guess, um, pull the collection together, we really wanted to, you know, honour like our First Nations poetry, poets, um, and so we unearthed this out-of-print collection called Holocaust Island, um, which is an amazing, you know, collection of poetry that was penned um, by Noongar poet Graham, po- Graham Dixon. Um, and, you know, he wrote these poems whilst he was kind of incarcerated in prison as a young man. Um, and this collection went on to become the inaugural winner of the David Uniapon Award, which, you know, has launched the careers of, of many, many people as well. So, yeah, I guess this classic series was really like an honorary celebration of, of you know, books that may have been well-known and well, well-awarded and then other books that, you know, people might not have heard of or has read have read as widely. Mm. I've, got to, I've got to also just make a note, Yasmin, that each of the books – and this is for literature lovers, has an introduction from a prominent uh, First Nations writer, poet, thinker, including mm-hmm. Evelyn Araluen, Alison Whittick is in there, Tara June Winch. Like, I mean, for people that feel like they know these books and maybe have discovered them in the past, it's, I think it's probably worth the price of admission just to be discovering these introductions and contextualising these books for right now. Yeah, the introductions were um, were such a great inclusion. Like, obviously, we wanted to relaunch the books as new editions, and then we thought it was really important to kind of honour them for the work they've done by reintroducing them by, you know, prominent First Nations people across different genres and forms. And we think there's an incredible lineup, as you said. We've got Tara June Winch, Evelyn Araluen, um, Larissa Barrent, Kev Carmody, Ernie Dingo. And there was this real kind of cross-hatching of genres and generations and genders as well. We wanted to pair each book with an introducer, uh, I guess, whose work in some way has kind of been influenced or intertwined by the book it, and yeah, we got these really incredible new, fresh introductions out of that. So many of the names on this list will be familiar to listeners, but also many are going to be a revelation. Not to ask an impossible question here, but for, well, first of all, I want to note, I was on the UQP website and I noticed like people can buy the whole set for, I think it's like a, a special set price. So that's that's going to be a great way to discover. But let's pretend we don't have, you know, the, that, that, that much money lying around. We want to start with a single title. Like where do readers start? 
Yeah, well, I mean, that was a big part of the series, you know, putting the series together as well. We wanted to make them accessible and affordable for people. So you can buy them individually for $19.99 and then you can also put them together as a, as a collectible set. Gorgeous on the bookshelf. Yeah, just on the bookshelf. They look beautiful on mm. the bookshelves. Uh, I mean, it really depends on what you want to dip into. Like we said, we've got like these, you know, many genres um, and representations of, of different, you know, types of of stories here whether it's you know something more literary fiction something a bit more experimental like heat and light was such a you know a work of kind of groundbreaking prominence because it had and it has a novella as part of you know short stories within it in itself so it kind of was this work that really blew blew people out of the water because it, it's not not a novel not a short story collection but a kind of a combination of both yeah, and then obviously our poet, the poetry collection is really, is really um, special as well. It has such an, a great history as part of it. So, but the poems are really rich and beautiful um, there as well. So, I don't like, know. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> I, I feel like I just Jasmine. I feel terrible for asking it because I am. It's like asking you to choose your favorite child. You've been working <laughs> on this collection for so long. Um, and it does. It, it's it's such a, a beautiful invitation to discover so many different stories. There is something for everyone. People who love different t- styles and genres of writing, and and thinking about that, like that invitation to discover these books, it does feel like we're in a year where almost everyone has an opinion and wants to talk about First Nation stories. With a series like this landing, with this opportunity to discover, do you feel like we need to also cultivate or? Maybe this is something that I could answer for myself, like this need to cultivate a culture of reading and a culture of listening to stories a little bit rather than just everyone having an opinion. It's a great place to start if you're curious about, you know, what First Nations writing can be. Um, You know, it's a place that readers can kind of come to and they can pick anything out of the series and just kind of discover a new sense of, of story or storytelling. It's a great series to pick and choose what you might want to experience. Peeking into the future, Yasmin, is this, so is the series definitive or can we hope for (laughs) another series of First Nations classics? Is it going to keep growing? Yeah, we hope so. It's, we definitely plan on releasing a new set of classics in 2024. Um, So it'll be kind of another eight books added to the series. And again, from uh, prominent First Nations authors and their works will be introduced by new um, by new voices as well. So you'll be able to kind of, yeah, uh, add to your collection next year. And we're hoping, you know, to kind of dig back, back into the archive and, and bring some work to light that you may have never heard of before. So yeah, it's exciting. That is, that is terribly exciting. Yasmin, thank you so much for taking the time this evening. I'm speaking with Yasmin Smith. She was the series editor for the First Nations Classics. I'm going to link them up on the Final Draft socials and you can discover them at uh, University of Queensland Press's webpage as well. Yasmin, it's, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you for all your work in bringing this to us and then taking the time this evening. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining me today here for the Final Draft podcast. And thank you to Yasmin Smith, the series editor for the First Nations Classics. 
no, the First Nations classics are available from University of Queensland Press. They are gorgeous. Check them out in your local bookshop. Here at Final Draft, we record on the lands of the Darug and Gunungurra people. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. You can stay in touch with us. Get in touch on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us, finaldraft at 2SER.com. And our handle on social media is at finaldraft2SER. If you are enjoying the show, why not let other people or help other people discover it by subscribing and giving us a rating? It is really important. And you know what? It makes me feel good when I see a rating from you all. I am Andrew Popel. I will be back with more great conversations from incredible Australian authors here on Final Draft. Till then, happy reading. Bye for now.